welcome to a special episode of Stroke FM. I have the great privilege of having my colleague here, Dr. Jane Liao, one of our residents in neurology in Toronto, and we're going to talk about something very interesting, which are some of the clinical modifications we've made to the system and the service during these crazy times. Welcome, Jane. Hi, my name is Jane Liao. Uh, you can just call me Jane. I'm one of the PGY3 neurology residents here at the University of Toronto. So I'll, I guess I'll just walk you through our now usual day, but obviously an atypical compared to what we had before. But this will be our usual day on uh, stroke service in the time of a COVID-19. So a couple principles off the bat is really that we're trying to limit everyone from having physical contact. Um, that's between team members, between team members and staff, uh, between us and allied health members, and also limiting how much we really go back and forth between seeing patients. Um, so in and out of the wards as, as little as possible. So what that means is that right off the bat at eight o'clock in the morning, when we typically meet to hand over. Now what we do is that we're recommending everyone stay in separate rooms. And we have about four to five different clinic rooms to our disposal for that purpose now. So everyone can split themselves a month at the neurology resident room, which is well known to us uh, on C4. We have the gate lab, uh, which is an A-wing room of 439 we have dr eisenberg's office as well as dr lee's uh, secondary exam room as well uh, and finally if there are still other members who need a, a separate room altogether we've been using a 450 which is our large presentation room uh, as another alternative so the whole point is that everyone keeps their items separately and to limit foot traffic in the resident room which is where we've really been gathering up until now that's great, Jane. So essentially the principles you're outlining is to utilize other uh, rooms within the hospital system, which are available now for us and in other sites, again, same principles, to use other, other staff colleagues' office or things like the gate lab or other uh, regions in the hospital to put individual team members. So even though we're all working on, together on, at the same time, we're in the building, we are physically, however, separate when we're doing our uh, team sort of rounds and even individual work. And I guess, Jane, that extends to other things like personal items, right? Mm -hmm. So really, we've been uh, also asking everyone to try to keep their personal items in those separate rooms as much as possible. In fact, we've asked, uh, we've recommended residents to uh, wear uh, hospital uh, scrubs uh, and maybe even lab coats rather than their own personal clothing as much as possible, try to bring as little personal item as possible in and out of the hospital. Again, we just want to limit any contaminant leaving the hospital and you know putting them at risk at home. Those are all great points. Uh, and uh, even, as you mentioned, work surfaces, how about that? So let's say a resident is using, so it's almost like every member of the team gets their own little office kind of, right? Yeah. Uh, and even that, we are ensuring that um, everyone is cleaning their own different areas as well. So, you know, the one item that really is passed around from team member to team member, and it's hard to, to limit contact for, is the stroke pager, because that is the primary pager that we all carry when we're on call. So that's something that every time we do a handoff, we make sure that we are wiping it off with antiseptic every time. Uh, other things, of, of course, our stethoscopes, reflex hammers, whatever we need for clinical care, but also the common areas. So the hospital phones, uh, the doorknobs, the hospital um, computer keyboards and mouse, those things we've also been wiping off 
um, multiple times a day again, just to make sure we're not leaving contaminants anywhere. That's a great uh, segue to start talking about what happens next on a typical day. So essentially, when there are items being passed around between clinical teams, key thing is these pager things, make sure to wipe it down before you hand it over. So let's walk us through like a typical day. So the so essentially, uh, the residents now have uh, all workspaces ideally spread across, and then there's going to be a lot of virtualization, which I'm sure you'll talk about. But so in the morning, let's say I'm the person who's on call and I'm finishing my shift. How do I now hand over and how do I get that pager to you? How does that work? Yeah. So prior to the handover time, we, we would have already arranged when everybody is going to uh, meet over Zoom and where everyone will be physically to make sure that we're not duplicating rooms and everyone is actually in a separate physical space. So when eight o'clock hits, everyone will receive a Zoom link from myself um, um, I will send it out every morning so that everyone is up to date and has easy access. And then we will essentially run the list, except virtually this time. You were saying so we're using Zoom and then I guess other platforms could be used as well. Like depends on your local site. We tend to use Zoom, but you know, things like Google Hangouts forward slash Google Meet. Um, other platforms include even Skype. Uh, and um, uh, there, are, there are other things that could also be used. So essentially any virtual platform that, that allows audio or video which is more engaging for the team to sort of get together and do those bullet rounds. And, and it seems to, sorry, not the bullet rounds, but the morning sign-out rounds and also the, uh, the, uh, the, the afternoon sign-out rounds as well could be done in this fashion. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the morning and afternoon rounds we've all been doing on Zoom and it's been working great. Uh, and then, you know, that's the, our morning. That's how we start the morning, get the handover, figure out what any updates there are for any of our patients who are admitted. And then we go all go about our way seeing those patients again separately. And then comes bullet rounds. So that's when we usually would have met with our allied health colleagues to really discuss whether or not there's any physiotherapy, occupational therapy, or even speech therapy or social work needs. So now those are done virtually as well but done over a conference phone call. So typically at 9.45, we'll all dial in, we'll discuss the team uh, and any needs there are from an ally health perspective and go from there. Fantastic. And yeah, those tend to, to work well. The only challenge is, um, yeah, we should talk about this. So essentially you're talking about the allied health team on a stroke service. So you have essentially physiotherapy, occupational therapy, and speech language pathology, social work, and a unit charge nurse, uh, and sometimes unit manager, they're all there, right? And so the challenge is all these folks are on a conference call and we're trying to uh, make it efficient. Can you maybe give us some pointers about how, uh, like some of the challenges of trying to get all this happening within 15 minutes and talk about patients? It's always hard. Uh, and often it's helpful to have a moderator. So our uh, stroke nurse, Sharon, has been an excellent moderator and really keeping the the list moving to make sure that we are really discussing the very important details in terms of each patient and that we're not actually really going to their long stories, but more so what can we do for them from an ally health perspective. And those are the things we're really focusing on. Exactly. And the purpose of these rounds is in, in most places, uh, including our shop, is that the purpose of multidisciplinary rounds is to talk about the sort of extra medical aspects of their care. So uh, family issues, the disposition issues, uh, physiotherapy needs, nuances of where they're going to go and not not able to go. For example, if there's a infectious question during this pandemic, that might limit certain types of transfers, um, devices that they may need. 
but essentially it's focused around disposition. And I think Jane is as, exactly as you said, anytime someone opens their mouth, like essentially, which is good, we, we love people to talk, but essentially three to five minutes of time could be lost. So it's very key to keep the discussion concise and focus on disposition and not the nitty gritties of the medical care. Uh, and certainly, um, I'll just inject that there's there's no room really to do teaching during these rounds. Okay, so now we're going about our day. We've seen our patients. And let's say there's been, uh, we'll get to the next sort of things that could happen, like interruptions to this flow of work, like uh, a code stroke. But let's say there is no code stroke. We've seen our patients. How does that pan, pan into sort of the, uh, the, the sign out or running of the list, given that... Um, uh, you know, at our site, we've kind of combined services, and maybe start with that. How? What have we done at our site to combine services, and how does that fit into sign out and additional day activities? So right now, our teams have really been uh, combined. So both stroke and general general neurology teams are now one team, and we have therefore half the number of residents. But to keep things more streamlined, uh, we have been aiming to make sure that one or two residents are seeing mostly general neurology patients on any given day, and the other one or two are more stroke uh, patients on any given day. Again, that's just to ensure that if, for example, something comes up like a co-stroke that interrupt our day, we still have one or two residents who will be able to run the general neurology list with the general neurology staff. And that way we can still keep the day going and make sure we're not here past five. So that's kind of how we've been doing it. Throughout the day, we've also been making sure that we are seeing our stroke inpatients first because we are the uh, MRP, the most responsible provider for those patients. So we ensure that we're you know, ordering those tests we need, doing any management that we need to do, uh, and filling out any forms we need to for them early on during the day. We typically run the stroke list in around midday, around 11.30, 12 o'clock, if we've all done seeing our patients. And that way we free ourselves up to do any general neurology follow-up and consults in the early afternoon and run with the list for the general neurology team also later that afternoon around maybe two o'clock or so. So that's been kind of what we've been doing to streamline that process. Usually on a good day, knock on wood, if everybody is done, both stroke and general neurology, we then try to send the uh, residents home a bit early if they're not the ones on call that day. That's fantastic. And, and about what time would you say has been the time where, for example, as you said, everything's tidy, we've ran the list, you've seen the patients, there are no consults pending. Again, to kind of balance the, the risk of a surge versus getting people out so that they can have some extra time while the on-call team sort of stays back. Uh, what time would that be around, roughly? So usually, again, on a really good day, we've been able to get residents out around 3.30, 4 o'clock. Um, and sometimes even earlier if things are really, really quiet, not to say the Q word. Right, exactly, the, the Q word. And Jane's being very modest here because she is the senior resident. She's running the team during this crucial time. And she's also being even further modest, I'll add, because this this uh, recording is being done on April the 2nd, 2020. And this literally is a few days before we're when we expect uh, the largest surge, certainly in Canada, Toronto area uh, for COVID-19. And so this this is going to be, uh, you know, she, Jane is running the, running the ship in a very difficult time. And we really appreciate it of that. So to summarize, I guess, uh, Jane, can you kind of summarize, I guess, the, the, the different segments we covered and then. And then we can jump into what happens with that disruption, the code stroke. So to summarize, 
really the principle behind everything that we're now doing that's different from what we did before is that we really want to limit physical contact. We really want to emphasize social physical distancing, just like we do outside in our own uh, personal lives as well. So what that means is that we're using separate offices, we're seeing our own patients, and we're not having any rounds and physical spaces together anymore. So that includes both running the list with our team members as well as allied health rounds. And because we really want to emphasize that need for social distancing and um, making sure that we're not uh, leaving any contaminants anywhere, uh, cleaning up after ourselves is also extra important. So that means cleaning any common areas as well as common items like the stroke picture. And if we do all of those things, uh, we can certainly still take care of our patients the best we can. But of course, uh, we can only plan for so much before we get interrupted by the co stroke, which is really, uh, at this point, a very routine kind of surprise, um, if that's, uh, if I can call it that, on the stroke service. So when we talk about co strokes, we are now also assigning limited number of residents who attend these codes. So particularly, we're assigning one resident along with the staff on call to go to code strokes rather than having the whole team go and potentially expose ourselves should the patient be at risk of COVID. So this typically is the overnight on-call resident, but if that person is not available for whatever reason, then the next person in line would be myself, the senior resident, or even the fellow, depending on how the day goes. So Again, by doing that, we're limiting the number of patients, the number of residents who may be at risk. Uh, and the other thing is that we are now uh, making sure that we are running as screening questions uh, at the start of every co-stroke. And if needed, then we will run the co-stroke as a protected co-stroke, which is a whole nother topic at this point. That's right. And we have a separate episode on that. And uh, as you said, um, so what if what if the person on call is a first year resident and they are on call on the second day of the rotation or the third day of the rotation? Uh, how have you been able to tailor the team dynamics so that they get a good experience, but also but also uh, we don't overcrowd, as you said, because most of our code strokes are now protected, meaning that we try to limit the team members' exposure, proper PPE screening. How, how is that done? So if, I, if I'm a junior team member, I have call on the second or third day of starting service. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's been challenging because as how we usually run things, usually I myself as the senior would have gone through the NIH SS scale as well as a code stroke uh, talk and teaching rounds with the junior residents before they would have had done their call. But again, because we're now limiting how much teaching we're doing in person, uh, what I would be certainly recommending to them is to watch the NIH SS uh, video online. And that's something that they can access quite easily just to get a sense of what it's like to perform the exam. And the other thing that's really quite helpful and can still limit their uh, exposure is to attend a co-stroke prior to when they're on call, but stand outside the room so that they can see the flow of how everything goes um, from when the patient arrives in ED, from the blood work to the ECG, to the CT scanner and the exam in between, and the decision making. So to see all of that live often is very helpful for our junior residents too. That's fantastic. So I think that's a that's a wrap. That's a great outline, Jane. And really thank you for joining us today and giving us this outline, which hopefully could be used for 
other sites and other centers as they restructure their uh, inpatient uh, stroke service. Any other remarks? Stay safe, everyone. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye.